Hello and welcome to Women Decode STEM and I am your host Neha Savanu. In this podcast I talk to women in science, engineering, technology and mathematics fields. We will be discussing career paths, gender equality and mentorship. The role of a product manager is key in the success of a product. They overlook the development process of a product from ideation to getting the finished product in the hands of end users and beyond the role of product managers has so many different definitions that some of us are still trying to understand what exactly they do today we are joined by richu chanakeshava who will take us through her journey of becoming a product manager and what her job entails hey richu welcome to the show Hi Neha, thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So, product manager, it's a interesting field, it's a new field and we don't know much about it. So, from my perspective, what I know is product manager is someone who oversees the success of a product from like the start to finish. Um, but a lot of people are not clear what exactly a product manager is or, or what they do. So, how do you define uh yourself sure yeah so product manager fairly is actually it's one of the jobs that's been around for for a while now uh i think it gained a lot more uh traction and recognition i'd say in the early 2000s when um it became more of a niche to be a product manager and be the visionary of the product um but now there are many many hats that a product manager wears and uh the way i would describe the job is is in one sentence it would be to discover the right set of problems mm-hmm. um that is worth solving in the first place uh, which will create value for the user or maybe add value to the user's uh, existing conditions so if if we had to break it down into two parts right so the the, the first one what i said was to discover the right set of problems to solve is the vision for your product and then you start with doing just that setting a vision uh, now this requires you to research and research more about your market your your target customers and the problems that they face that are worth solving and um, once you have that vision in place then you talk about it you talk uh, within your engineering teams you talk across your sales teams um then you kind of rally troops and and have a buy in on that vision and uh, once everybody is convinced most importantly the product manager themselves is convinced and they become passionate about it uh, you ha- you have a vision there uh, the second part that i kind of stressed upon was that now how do you create value or how do you know that you actually created value so value um, in my opinion at least it's it's usually measurable so adding time back to someone's life saving or making them money adding happiness or reducing stress making access to health and healthy living easier etc and etc um would be what, how you're kind of uh, adding value to the end user in general in general as a product manager and from more from a b2b perspective the way you're adding value is enabling your end user and their company to sustain a healthy business which is stress free you help them grow uh you provide the services uh consistently uh for for all your products and then and then kind of br- 
that becomes your key value and, and that differentiates um, your company from the other competitors. So, so that's, that's how I would define um, the role of a product manager. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I like the fact that you said about like giving back time to your customers or giving or saving them money. I think those are the two important metric for any company. So yeah, that's really important. Um, listening to what you said about what product manager does, it's like you're an entrepreneur within the company, right? Absolutely. You're doing a lot of the things that entrepreneurs do. So that's interesting. So, and I know a lot of uh, folks and uh, like great thinkers and visionaries um, like to call product managers within their companies as mini CEOs, right? Uh, so yeah, it's, there, there, there are many interesting definitions, but um, like I said, you wear many hats and uh, you define the value proposition and the problems that you end up solving for your customer. So you mentioned like you interact with different departments within your organization, right? How does this interactions typically look like with the different teams, whether it's engineering, whether it's sales? Sure. Uh, so yes, as, as a PM, you do interact with many, um, many teams and many people inside the company, outside the company, even laterally within the company. Um, so on a day-to-day, -day, I, I work a lot more closely with engineers. Having said that, on a weekly basis, I interact quite a bit with the sales folks. So it ranges from talking about technical design um, and then goes into strategy and customer problems and um, feedback from customers and so on and so forth. So these would be my my top two people that I converse with on a weekly basis or a daily basis. Besides them, you also extensively work with the operations team. So you're making sure that if it's a hardware product or even in, a, in case of a software product, the, the licenses are set and the pricing is, is, has been uh, processed and uh, they have enough units to ship. Things like that is what you would work on with the operations team. Um, a bigger piece here is working with the marketing team. So as much as product managers are important in defining the problem and defining the solution and adding value, um, the marketing team is just as important in, in conveying and communicating that in an effective way to the consumer, to the end consumer. So, so we do work extensively with marketing teams. So that would be my work with different teams. Besides them, of course, uh, our biggest proponents here are customers. So interacting with customers any day of the week or the month, and that's something that any PM is ex very excited to do because <laughs> they, they get feedback um, in person and get a chance to interact and ask a lot more questions and kind of understand where the customer themselves are going uh, in general in, in, in their uh, next five years, for example. Yeah, that's that's a whole lot of uh, variety of work that you have to do, right? You have to be good at communication. You have to understand how the engineering team works and to understand various different analytical um, aspects to go into like marketing or see how the product is performing, right? So I'm curious to know, like, what kind of personalities do you think will thrive in this kind of a role? 
That, yeah, that is a very broad question. (laughs) I have some answers for it. And quite honestly, I think anybody who is a PM or who's aspiring to be one um, is constantly building uh, on on their personal skills, uh, is constantly kind of monetizing on their strengths. And to, to actually quote Indra Nui, right, who is the former CEO of PepsiCo, she, she kind of put it very well. She talks about the four or the five C's. She talks about being competent, uh, being that go-to person for, for a particular skill or for a particular product. That is extremely important because then you become a value or you become an asset to the company. Um, then she also talks about being courageous and confident. Much as it's it thrown around very commonly and used very commonly to be courageous and confident, but uh, it is a very essential part of being a product manager because you're interacting with so many people and across so many teams. So your audience changes. So their interest in data or metrics, or, or rather your leverage to put a point across to your current audience mm-hmm. has to be very well measured. And while you're doing that, you have to be a trustworthy person. You have to be a confident person to speak up and share what needs to be shared. Yeah. So the other part is also, of course, uh, being a diverse thinker. As a PM, you, you just kind of have to stay curious. You have to think about all the corner cases and all the ways that you can possibly solve um, a given problem or a given set of problems and not kind of get wedded to the solution that you came up with or somebody else came up with itself. You have to constantly be engaged in the problem and iteratively find the right solution. Um, So besides that, since you're working with people at the end of the day, uh, people make products and not the other way around, uh, uh, you have to bring your your heart and your compassion uh, towards and you have to be a good listener. So I guess I've put down quite a few you have to be's. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's the way I would think um, would take you to being a good product manager. Yeah, excellent. I love all of that. And it takes me back to being a consultant and working on multiple projects. And um, like you gain these kind of insights as a leader or as a manager by working with multiple teams. Uh, So I want to go a little more in depth with the process that you follow through to build a product from start to finish. So when the company comes up with an idea, what are the initial steps that you follow to start building the product? Sure. Okay. So there is a very, uh, a very nice format and, and there are quite a few product managers who have actually spoken about it extensively. Um, so the way I look at it, it's, it's five key steps, right? To bring a, an idea to life into a, as a product. Um, it would be vision, which would be followed by strategy. And then you work with your engineering teams to nail down the design. And then you execute, you execute extremely well. And then you iterate over the whole process. <laughs> Talking about vision. So vision is, is something that's very compelling and it's an inspiring uh, idea. So the way Sachin Reiki, for example, he's, he's a very good uh, spokesperson. He's also uh, a product manager. And, and to quote him, he says, a compelling vision articulates to the world that 
without this product, or rather with this product, the world would be a better place. That's how strongly the vision has to come across. The reason that you need such a vision is because let's say your product starts to falter, your team starts to lose interest. You can constantly go back to this vision and remember that what you're trying to achieve with this product is larger than just that one small failure, right? And besides this, uh, th there is North Star that you can look up to. And this vision uh, is also talking about solving a larger problem, which if left unattended, could be worse for the customer or for the end user. So that's, that's the vision part. Then, then comes the strategy. So strategy would be um, defining how exactly you're going to bring value. And this is also an iterative process. So you have to refine it until you reach the right product market fit. And, and the way I, I see or I'd come up with a product market fit is starting with you're defining your target audience. Then you define what the pain or the problem you're trying to solve into sub-problems. Uh, then the value proposition, uh, then, then you strategically differentiate how your product is going to be stand out from the competition. Um, then you, you come up with the monetization strategy. Then you think of how you acquire customers, how your sales or your channel sales will look like, how uh, partnerships in technology or in sales will look like. And then you define your key product indicators or the KPIs, um, which are metrics to evaluate how you're doing. So for example, like for strategy, we can take an example for Tesla. They started out with a primary goal to commercialize electric vehicles. And then they started with premium sports cars. So basically they went and targeted sports car industries. Mm -hmm. And then they eventually moved into mainstream and then they, they had a sedan out. And then now they, they are in the truck industry, <laughs> right? So yeah. if you think about that, in about 13 years, they are now termed the largest automaker by Wall Street, beating Toyota. Just that one goal and, and the way they executed on their strategy is, is quite uh, innovative. So that's, that would be my best example for what, what strategy entails. And the third one, of course, is design. And design is part of the engineering, part of the product where you're trying to ascertain um, what the product indeed solve, how the product indeed solves the problem. The way I would define it at least is, is where you come up with product roadmaps and product requirements. So here you address the what, the when, and the why. Um, what requirements must the product satisfy to enable our users um, to accomplish their goals? And uh, this is a tough question to answer. Um, because, because you have many, many ideas and limited time, limited resources, funding. So, so you have to prioritize certain requirements over the other. And how do you do this efficiently? Uh, this is where listening to customer feedback, really understanding their problems um, and ascertaining if the problem is wide enough that there is a larger set of customers to benefit uh, if we did solve it. So to take these requirements step by step, I would term as uh, the design process. And uh, fourth and fifth kind of go hand in hand, which is execution. So it's, it, is, it is extremely important to execute right after you've come up with a, a vision, a strategy, and um, a design. It's probably one of the most uh, underrated, but execution sometimes kills a product, unfortunately. Right, too slow, and you're and you are late in the market. Too fast, and you're early in the market. So you you really have to be uh, very well at executing at the right pace. 
and uh, and going to market at the right time. Yeah. So so that would entail uh, execution. And cannot stress enough to iterate through every process uh, in this chart. That would be the five steps to kind of uh, take an idea into product. Yeah, that was very well put. That gave a really good understanding of like what you need to do, um, the big picture, and also uh, the minute details that you need to take care at each step. Yeah, talking about the development of the product, um, you need to make some assessments on the market, right? Like before you even come up with a plan for building the product, uh, you need to understand what kind of a market it is. So um, can you tell us about like the market assessment and what goes into it? Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I want to preface this particular question with the fact that I have been a product manager for just a little over a year, although I have been an engineer before being a PM for almost uh, six plus years. So having said that, whatever I'm sharing today is is my knowledge that I've gained just to just in the last year, and I'm, I'm hoping to get better at this. <laughs> With that said, so, so far, what I've learned from uh, market assessment would be to kind of figure out your target ma- uh, market. So identify and, and kind of uh, quantify the customers that face these problems um, that you are trying to solve. And then uh, work on understanding uh, what other competitors are in this specific market um, and identifying you know, probably their strengths and your differentiators um, when it comes to given problem statement. Also, Kind of identifying the total addressable market or TAM as they call it helps with kind of uh, knowing who are these customers rather that are willing to pay and buy a product that will solve this problem for them. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you an under- a gauge of if this problem is worth solving uh, from a revenue angle. So that is also quite an important part of kind of picking the right problems to solve. Um, then then reading through and analyst reports are, are quite helpful. Since I'm in the B2B framework, Gartner and IDC and others uh, are quite reputed and respectable sources. So uh, to find out where the industry is going and um, where companies are backing out of or other, and, and in other cases, uh, doubling down on, it helps to uh, watch and read the analyst reports. Conferences are great. Um, they're all also great events to kind of uh, socialize with other parallel companies or partner companies um, that you could together build products on and um, solve some really cool problems in an innovative way. Um, the other, the other that I can think of, and in fact, um, the one that's most easily available to you, of course, is interacting and working constantly with your sales teams, mm-hmm. um, and if possible, with the customers themselves. So to get that one-on-one feedback, to get that information about um, what your customer's vision is for their next five years, to get their, to get an understanding of what is their, their real problem. Um, and, and there are customers who will actually tell you what they want to see as a solution. But then if you actually take the approach of understanding the problem instead of just taking what they think is the best solution, you probably will end up solving it in a much efficient way for a wider range of customers. Because, you know, just listening to one customer would kind of pigeonhole you into their use case or uh, their design or their day-to-day activities. So 
I, I would suggest kind of asking the right questions to get to the, the, the real problems. These are some ways that I have uh, tried understanding a market so far. I'm sure there, there are some really good uh, ones available uh, from other senior PMs. More to learn, of course. There's always more to learn. <laughs> so that's good to know. Um, the last point that you mentioned, um, I was just recently reading a book called Rework and uh, it mentioned the same thing that what the customer says they need is not the ultimatum. You are the one who's designing uh, the solution. So don't just take it from the customer. You have to evaluate a lot of other things. So like you mentioned, you work in the B2B space, which is you're building uh, products for other businesses. So in your opinion, like what, what are some of the activities that you do that are specific to B2B versus business to consumer or B2C? So for B2B, what happens is that you are, um, you are required to have a level of technical expertise or uh, sales expertise in, in that target industry that you uh, work as a PM. What it helps with is to build credibility and have that knowledge uh, and knowing your products so you understand what value they provide to your customer. You then know how you differentiate uh, from your competitors as well there. So here, again, with B2B, your customer is usually another company, right? And, but your end user is, is an IT admin, is, is a network operations personnel or a security ops or a DevOps. So the key is to, to build a product to help your customer company make money, um, save time, uh, keep their ser services efficient and consistent, but at the same time also provide uh, value to these end users who are these IT admins and net ops um, for their day-to-day. -day. So to make their life easier on a day-to-day, -day, how do you give them a st stress-free um, product uh, or a solution set, right? So there are those, those would be the two factors and the two angles that a uh, B2B PM is usually thinking on the lines of. And in case of PMs on the B2C side, um, they tend to work with a lot of the experimentation data or, or uh, analysis or metrics that's, that's largely based on uh, people in a B2B, right? Uh, the process is, the, the, the product process or the sale process is typically very, very long. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're talking about anywhere between uh, one month or one year of a sales cycle. Mm -hmm. And especially if, and the range is because you could be a SaaS company or you could be a hardware software vendor uh, company. So you're engaged with the customer for extended periods of time to, to kind of successfully demonstrate the value proposition. Um, and then you, you work with them to see if your roadmap also converges with their future needs as a company. Um, you, you then move on to the sale, which involves negotiating and budget discussions um, with their management team. And then eventually is when the product gets deployed. Um, it usually sometimes takes weeks and if not months and kind of planning and supporting uh, the final arrival of the product in the production state, right? So 
that would be a very typical sales cycle for a B2B company. But for a B2C, what they kind of uh, have to battle with is, is the customer churn, um, which, which happens in sometimes in literally minutes or seconds. And then the metrics there, I believe the PMs are focused on is, is how, do you, how do you retain? How do you engage? Um, how do you measure loyalty? How do you innovate? So it's, it's quite an interesting and fascinating <laughs> set of thoughts that a B2C PM would go through versus a B2B. Um, of course, there are many commonalities, uh, which is you, you have to be, at the end of the day, you do work with engineering teams to, to help build the right design and uh, you do focus on the end user experience with be it with the ui or be it with uh, the support team uh, responses so so yeah those are some commonalities uh, and some differences that was a good differentiator between the two and both of them have pros and cons and a lot of different things that you need to think about so it's it's nice to know both sides so now I want to talk a little bit about your personal journey. You said you transitioned from an engineering background. I'm sure this transition wouldn't have been easy for you, like even to understand what um, the role entails and then make a decision whether this is right for you um, would have been a learning curve in itself. So how did you tackle that? Like, did you find yourself mentors to um, talk? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say mentorship was... Uh if not the, the number one place uh, that I seeked out to learn and talk to some of my former uh, managers or directors and even my current director, right? So at any point, if I had a query related to my ambitions or related to my interests, I would go brainstorm with somebody that I trusted. I would usually prefer to do that with somebody that I worked with, somebody who knew uh, my, my working ethics, my working style, my strengths, my, even my weaknesses, as a matter of fact. So they could guide me and tell me what could be the best next step for me in my career. At the same time, I've had one of my really respected mentors uh, say no to me, say, say, no, I should not pursue product management and instead there was a better opportunity somewhere else. But at the end of the day, I mean, as, as much as I value mentorship, I do believe that each one of us really truly knows uh, what we're good at besides what we want to be good at. <laughs> yeah. These are two different things, which, which is good. You, you want to be good at something, but you also know what you're good at, what, where uh, your strengths lie, what your interests, where your interests are aligned with. So I, I would suggest go ahead, pursue that. Go ahead, uh, try it out. Think of it as a trial. If somebody else is not convinced, then, then tell them that, hey, this is a good way to try and see. If you fail, you fail. But if you succeed, you know that you're meant to be there. Yeah, that, that would be uh, one place that I re really received some good advice. Um, besides that, I did attend quite a few networking events, um, benefits of uh, being in the Bay Area, there are quite a few uh, tech and non-tech uh, events that happen on a weekly basis. At least um, it used to happen in person pre-COVID, but of course now they happen online. They are uh, quite valuable in terms of uh, bringing different sets of people in one place. So you walk around, you interact, and then um, 
if you know who you want to talk to, then just go ahead and interact. And if you strike a great conversation, come, something good comes out of it. So these were my two primary um, places that I actually um, learned and socialized to understand if product management was something that um, that was feasible. I mean, I knew I wanted to pursue it, but was it feasible was, was the question I wanted to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great points for anybody that wants to transition or just to grow. I think mentorship and networking are key and they add a lot of value. Uh, so Ritu, that was all the questions I had for you today, but uh, we have a rapid fire round now. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Let's get started. Uh, first question. Uh, what is your favorite book? Okay, I have a couple of books that I am reading right now. And the first one would have to be um, Daring Greatly by Brené Brown. It's one of my most favorite books in general. Um, and and the current reads would be Black Swan. And I'm also reading uh, The Hard Thing About the Hard Things for the third time. <laughs> yeah, never enough. Because I, I just love that book. Yeah, it's never enough. Yeah. And another book that I'd mentioned, which I would highly recommend would be Factfulness. Uh, it's one of the best books that I've read so far. Okay. Factfulness, I haven't read, so I'll add that to my list. Uh, but I, in general, love Brene Brown. Um, I've listened to all of her TED Talks and generally love like what she stands for and the research that she's doing. So the second question, uh, what is your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? I think that that is a very well-formed question because I have way too many hobbies. <laughs> Uh, so my favorite hobby would, would be uh, writing. It's one of my, my top favorite hobbies. Um, so yeah, I, I love writing and I write about uh, a variety of things. At the same time, I'm, I'm also struggling with my perfectionist attitude, you know, <laughs> which holds me back from publishing them, but someday. Yeah, I think you should just go ahead. I used to be that way. And then I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit on all of this unfinished work. Just publish whatever you have. You'll get better as you go. So, yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take a leaf out of your book for sure. Uh, last question. Being organized or attention to detail? I would say being organized. Um, attention to detail is, is very, very important. If you look at it from a PM perspective, I would say staying organized so I can utilize my time and resources effectively. Fantastic. Thank you, Richu, for joining us today and giving us your insight into the product manager role and what all entails into being one. Happy uh, to have this call with you, Neha, and thank you again. That is it for today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Let me know by giving us a review on iTunes or Spotify or any other platform that you're listening on. The show notes have links to my guests and all the things that we just spoke about. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast because I will be back next week with another amazing women in STEM.